we need hope. Our world is crazy. Our kids are losing hope, our teenagers especially. And um, Romans chapter 16 is going to help you and help me to find that hope and to help others find that hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. And how we do it, guys, we do it by dying to ourselves, by lifting others up and thinking about others and trying to help others in a Christ-like manner, doing it by being led by the Holy Spirit. And that's what brings us hope because when we get out of ourselves, that's where we find the joy and the love and the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Remember, he was all about serving others, right? He didn't serve himself. He served others and he, he obeyed God, his father, even though he was God as well. Jesus was God 100%. Even if you are Jewish and you live in Israel, you can look at Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 9, where it says, Emmanuel, God with us. And, um, and you can see other places where God calls him his son, right? Uh, Proverbs 30. Who is he? And if you know him and, and what is his name and what is his son's name? <laughs> That's speaking of Jesus, guys. All right. So Romans chapter 16. Very excited that we're going through this. And by the way, my channel is all about using the Bible to interpret the Bible. So this is all you really need right here, guys. The Bible. This is it. We don't need commentaries. I have a bunch of great commentaries behind me. These, these are my favorite right here. I've got uh, John Corson's. Uh, I've got a lot of Chuck Swindoll stuff. And um, they're great. But all we really need is to read God's word, pray about it, ask God to show you things in it. He will. And uh, the commentaries are another tool. But the Bible is the most important thing. The word of God is the absolute most vital, important thing that we read as believers in Jesus Christ. All right, let's get into it. Romans chapter 16. Here we go. All right. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant. And here are the footnotes. We like to do that. You always want to read these footnotes. They're good. Or deaconess. So she was a leader in the church. Now, we know the Bible says that a woman can't be the overall director or leader of a church, but they can definitely serve in leadership positions. Okay, so then of the church of Centria, verse 2, that you may welcome her in the Lord, right, in a way worthy of the saints, and help her to in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So Phoebe's definitely been working with Paul and he's been helping Paul out on his missionaries greatly. And, um, and he's saying, Hey, you help her out. He's giving them a, an order, basically <laughs> help her out. Don't, uh, don't be arrogant, you know, basically, or don't, uh, shun her. Don't think that she, uh, that she doesn't have any kind of authority. Paul's backing her up right here. So this, this chapter is great because it's a greeting. It's, it's this farewell greeting and he's lifting up these other people and talking about what they've done for him and what they've done for the church. So this is good stuff, you guys. So here we go. Verse three, greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. 
So these women were risking their lives for the gospel, for the good news of Jesus. They're risking, they're putting their lives on the line. And back up there to Phoebe, now uh, history shows us that Phoebe delivered the book of Romans and she actually risked her life and traveled for many, many miles to, to reach Rome to deliver the, the letter of, to the Romans from Paul. I mean, this is like the greatest book, in my opinion, in the New Testament, and, um, and it's good stuff. So, so he's just uh, acknowledging these women, greeting them, honoring them. And that's part of what we read in chapter 12, right? To honor, to, to think of others as more high, highly than yourself. And that's how you get out of depression. If you're depressed, uh, it's 2021 right now. They're talking about going back to these restrictions with COVID and all these crazy things that are going on. Some of these things going on in our government and all that stuff. And people are getting depressed by it. I know my teenagers are, uh, you know, like kids in high school. Um, they just feel like there's no future. Well, the way we're going to reach them is teaching them how to lift others up, how to lift each other up. That's what's going to help you guys. So, so that's good stuff. So verse five, greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andriacus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. So his kinsmen, his fellow Jewish kinsmen were here working with Paul, these Jewish believers in Jesus Christ, who were the first believers, by the way, and whom Jesus went to first, being Jesus being Jewish himself, right? He's man and he's God. It's very hard for our minds to understand this, but he's man, he's also Jewish, and he is God. All right. So verse seven, greet, uh, we read that. Let's go down to here. So they are well known in, 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 to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelitus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ and my beloved Statius. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. And so he just, he's just going on with these greetings and it's so good. I love how he's doing this. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsmen, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet, that's kind of weird, right? So the Herodian <laughs> and a narcissist, like narcissistic. But these are just common names in those times. Herodian was a common name and so was Narcissus. And they were the um, Hellenistic names from the original. You know, the Greek empire was before the Roman empire. And a lot of the stuff from the Greek empire just came right back down, uh, flowed right down into the Roman empire. Like having a house and a senate and a congress, all those types of, type of government type things that were invented by the Greeks flow down to the Romans and flow down to us today. You know, so... Um, we're still a part of, I believe, that, you know, that world culture that Daniel saw in that statue, which was started with the Babylon, it came down to the Medo-Persians, and then down to the Greek Empire, down to the Roman Empire, and we're just, I believe, we're still living in that mix of that today, all right? So that's what we're seeing there. So verse 12, greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphenia and Tryphosa, greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. So he knows these people intimately. Isn't this cool how well Paul knows these people and how he's lifting them up and encouraging them? 
This is awesome. So verse 13, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother who has been a mother to me as well. So he's speaking about them like family. I love this. I love that because churches should be like this. We should, as churches, we should be like a family with each other. You know, that's how we should look at each other, not just as church members or people that are in our congregation, but we are family. We're in the family of God. We're, we're children of God. So verse 14, greet Asyncritus and Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers who are with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. So good. And then verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss, and all the churches of Christ greet you. So that was a cultural thing that back then to give a holy kiss. Today, we might give someone a hug. Um, you know, you give them a, a high five or a shake in the hand or a touch on the shoulder. But the point of it is, is to give a greeting, a good, solid greeting, something that says, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. Uh, this isn't pretentious. This is for real. I really do care about you. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are things going? Tell me, tell me if there's anything I can pray for you about, or, um, you know, tell me about what's going on right now. So I'm going to read to you something out of a book that I read and, uh, it's really good. And, and it's uh, a story about how a greeting actually changed this guy's life, how important a greeting can be. You guys, very good stuff. So I'm going to read it to you right now. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So British minister J.H. Jewett told the story of a convict from Darlington, England. He had been released after three years in jail when he happened to pass the mayor on the street. So expecting nothing more than cold uh, ostracism from the public, he didn't know how to respond when the mayor paused tipped his hat to him and said in a cheery tone, hello, I'm glad to see you. How are you? Well, the ex-prisoner mumbled a response and went on his way. And the city official thought nothing of it until years later, the two accidentally met in another city. The mayor didn't remember the man, but the man had never forgotten the mayor. And he said, I want to thank you for what you had, what you did for me when I came out of prison. <laughs> what did I do? Well, what did I do? The mayor responded, you spoke a kind word to me and it changed my life. So what is a, what is small to you may be huge to someone else. A greeting in its purest sense is a gesture of good will. And Paul is showing us that example right here in the book of Romans. You know, a lot of people read this. I actually read this uh, initially and I was like, okay, Paul, that's a big greeting. Okay. I don't know these people, you know, can we just um, move on now? But, but what Paul's showing us is how important this is. Greeting people genuinely, not pretentiously, genuinely. Um, I remember when I was uh, in the military, I was in a special operations unit and there were some people in there that um, were crooked. One of them was, was actually a, a spy for Syria. It was just a really weird situation that I was in. And uh, that 
that woman was a, she was actually my supervisor and she tried to like write up, she didn't like me. She tried to write up all these weird fake um, counseling statements that I was messing up as a non-commissioned officer and all these different things. And I was just going through the, one of the worst times of my life. And a lot of people in the unit were believing her, even though she was, <laughs> she was wrong. And um, this one guy in my unit, I'll never forget it. He just looked at me. He knew I was kind of stressed. He put his hand on my shoulder and he just said, hey, hey, George, how's it going, man? How are you doing, buddy? And it just, it was like this warmness came down from my shoulder and filled my heart. And I just, it felt really good that this guy was genuinely concerned about me. So greeting, there's power in it, you guys. And it's uh, one of the gifts, really. It's uh, the gift of hospitality in a sense and um and compassion and, and sharing really too so good stuff you guys i love it all right so verse 17 uh we're gonna fix that a little bit so verse 17 i appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught avoid them so this is huge you guys avoid them it says right here so there's people in every church, in every Bible study group, uh, most Bible study groups, and all over the place at work. And what their whole thing is, is to create obstacles and divisions. Um, and here Paul says, contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. So in this book, the first half of this book, the book of Romans, you've learned the doctrine of the gospel, the gospel of grace, right? That's what it's called in this book. The gospel of grace. If it's not grace, if you're not saved by grace, then you're not saved, dude. I mean, I hear people sometimes say, yeah, you're saved by grace, but, and then they want to go on and on and on about some other stuff. And it's like, whoa, dude, listen to me. You are saved one way. You're saved by grace. Nothing you can do to deserve it. You receive it. Some people even say, well, that's cheap grace. You don't want to preach cheap grace. Well, my friend, if it wasn't cheap, then you could not afford it. It has to be free. It has to be a free gift that you receive. And it's the getting something good that you don't deserve, which is the good news, which is God's mercy and his grace to you. And uh, that's why Jesus died on the cross so that we can receive that, you guys. It was his work, not yours, not mine. Verse 18, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. And I'm going to hit that footnote there on appetites. And that says, or their own belly. <laughs> They're satisfying themselves, right? That's the, the insight into that. So verse 19, for your obedience is known to all for that, for that I rejoice over you so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent to what, what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And what I love about Romans and other books of Paul is he says, grace and peace be to you, or grace and peace. Because when you understand God's grace, this free gift that you receive for eternal life with Christ, that promise, then you have peace in your heart. 
And that's what this world needs today. That's what we need. We need hope. And we find hope in the peace of God, which comes from the grace of God. You guys trace it right back. That's what this book is about. The first half of the book of Romans is about God's grace. It's the doctrine of the gospel of grace. So good, you guys. All right. So also here he says that in verse 20, he says, God, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where God is speaking to Satan after Adam and Eve sinned, and he says that her seed, uh, you will be at enmity with her, and her seed uh, will crush your head, but you shall bruise his heel. Well, that seed is Jesus, okay? He's the son of the promise, all the way down from Seth, who was a son of a promise, through Isaac, who was a son of the promise, all the way through the line of Judah, all the way to David, to King David, and then all the way down to Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, he wasn't conceived by man, but conceived by God, by the Holy Spirit. And we know that Jesus is the Messiah, okay? Um, these Old Testament scriptures tell us that. And then God was saying to Satan back at Genesis 3.15, God was saying to Satan that he shall crush crush your head in other words crush your authority satan crush you but you shall bruise his heel okay now there's a medical term called lividity i've talked about this before in other videos but lividity is what they use to um, investigate the position that people died in in the medical field so if someone died on their side there would be bruising on their side because the blood pools up by gravity to the lowest spot if someone died on the cross there would be bruising on their heel so God, the son, Jesus, his heel was bruised. But where you see a bruised heel, my friend, there's a crushed head. And that's the head of Satan crushed. His authority has been crushed when Jesus died on that cross and rose again in three days. And that's our great hope, you guys, and our, our uh, peace that we have through him. And it's so good. And here God says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So he'll be crushed under our feet soon when, when the Lord returns and restores this world. It's going to be so good, you guys. Okay. So verse 21, Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen. So these guys were all Jewish men who were with Paul on his missionary trips to spread the good news about the Messiah, Yeshua. That's this, just the Hebrew for Jesus. And, um, and he, he uh, says that they greet them too. So verse 22, I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. So he was recording this letter for Paul. Paul was speaking. He was writing them down. And then Gaius, who is host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother Cortus greet you. So these guys were um, uh, Erastus, the city treasurer. So there's rich guys. There were slaves mentioned in, in here. Uh, just a, a variety, a mix of guys. Just like those disciples were a mix of different kinds of people, right? Uh, these women and these men that Paul lists here uh, were all from different classes and different personalities and all these different things. So, 
All right, let's go to verse 26, and we're going to conclude it right here, you guys. So verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that has been, that was kept secret for long ages, right? The Old Testament had Jesus all over it concealed, you know, Joseph's story, Abraham and Isaac, all these different things, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. But here he's saying, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but now has been disclosed or revealed, right? And through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that concludes the book of Romans and this series that we've done in Romans. I am so glad that we did this, you guys. You know, I'm going to go through Romans again because it's just such a powerful book. It's helped change and transform my life. Um, it's it's just uh, brought a lot of peace to my life and to others that we've gone through this together. I've got a Bible study on Wednesday nights that we've been, uh, we've been going through it as well. And uh, we also just finished and it was just so good. All right, you guys. So, Hey, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to have an opportunity right now at the end of this episode in a couple minutes to receive him. You may feel something in your heart. You may feel lonely. You may feel like there's this hole in your heart that needs to be feel, filled. You might be depressed. You may even be suicidal because this world doesn't have hope. It doesn't. There is hope, but it's only found through Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He came to, on a rescue mission for you and for me to bring you real hope and real hope only comes from a real promise and a promise that he's coming back and that when you die, you will be with him in paradise, you guys. So uh, this world is broken and it is lost. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that you too are lost and there is no hope. But if you want hope, come to Christ today. Come to him right now. God loves you. God loves you, my friend. I know right now you may be lonely. You may be saying no one loves me. That's not true. Open your heart. Open your, yourself up to him because he loves you. He's knocking on the door right now to your heart. And all you have to do is say, yes, Lord, receive him. You're going to have that opportunity here in a few seconds. So, God loves you and he calls you to turn away from sin and to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. So if you want to do that, God promises to give you a new beginning, my friend, a brand new beginning and a new life that is abundant and eternal. You'll live forever and ever. So right now, wherever you are, you can begin a relationship with God. It's the most important thing that you will ever do, my friend. So just stop what you're doing. You're going to pray a prayer right now to receive Christ if this is you. If you want to open your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you're saying, Lord, I want you to take control of my life. All right? So you're going to say this prayer to God from you, from your heart to God. Okay? From you. All right? So pray this prayer like this. Just say the words right after me. You're praying to God. Dear God, 
I know I'm a sinner. I am sorry for my sin. I want to turn from my sin. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died on the cross and shed his blood for me. For my sin. And you raised him up to life. I believe that he is alive today with you, Father. And I want to follow him and trust him as my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. Please take control of my life. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, my friend, if you did that, all of heaven is rejoicing right now. The Bible says that when one sinner turns to God, all of heaven rejoices. So congratulations. All right, you guys. Hey, I'm going through uh, Road to Emmaus right now. It's my new series, and we're going through the Old Testament. We're finding where Jesus, the Messiah, is found in all of the books of the Bible. We're in the book of beginnings right now, written by Moses, Genesis. That's what Genesis means. And we're going through that, and we've done, um, in the beginning, God was our first episode, then we did Adam, how Adam is a type of Christ. We did how Noah is a type of Christ. This is our last episode. We're going to be talking about the high priest Melchizedek in our next one, how he is a type of Christ. And then Abraham, Isaac, we're going to be talking about how Joseph is. We're going to go into the prophets, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9. And we're going to be going through the Psalms, Psalm 22 and others. So I'm really excited about it. You can check it out. You can, um, you can go ahead and subscribe right down here. Um, to my channel and you'll get all the latest hit that little bell because that'll give you alerts to get all the latest teachings and by the way uh, coming up pretty soon on father's day on june 20th 2021 uh, i'm going to be teaching at dungeness community church and i'm going to have a special father's day message and we're going to be going through the lord's prayer in matthew chapter 6 and the title of my message is going to be um, our father's day <laughs> and it's uh, only by renewing our relationship with our father can we take back our lives all right so hey god bless you and god bless his kingdom coming to this world may the lord bless you may the lord keep you and may the lord shine his loving face upon you and give you peace and be gracious to you. George Crabb, signing out.